Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we're continuing our look ahead at the NFL Draft, which is just about two weeks away now, people, with another one of PFF's famous, critically acclaimed, whatever you want to call them, all of our college analysts that I've been dragging on the show over the past few weeks. So people, without further ado, our PFF senior college analyst, you can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Anthony. Anthony Tresh, Anthony, thanks for the time, brother. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate the kind words as always. Yeah, man. And look, hey, it's about time. man. I'm getting tired. I'm not awfully tired of all these rumors, but I just want these things to cash in already. I feel like we've been talking, you know, about the draft every single week since free agency and some people ever since January. So at some point, you know, all these prop bets and all these, you know, promises on Twitter we've been making over the past few months. I I need to see a result, man. At least, you know, during the season, we say something on Monday. If we're wrong, we hear about it a week later. Now it's like, man, I'm I'm terrified the cold takes people are going to dig up for me from, you know, what I was saying in early February whatever dude i'm right there with you i mean even like this past monday i was writing an article um about justin fields and i was including the niners you know odds who were they going to take at number three so i look it up it's like 9 a.m mac jones minus 300 i was like all right dang that's pretty that's pretty pretty high right there hour later down to minus 200 next day it's minus 150 it's going everywhere it's just going back and forth i'm ready to find out who's going where and get this thing all settled Great stuff, Anthony. And yes, you did have that article. We'll get right into our 10 questions now. Had the article about the Bears potentially moving up to number four to get Justin Fields. Man, let's say this fairy tale happens. Let's say the Bears do go ahead and get Justin Fields. I know all my former uh, college friends that still reside in Chicago would be incredibly thrilled about this because, my goodness, man, if you ever just want to get depressed, go ahead and look at the Bears' all-time career-leading passers. And, I mean, unless you're a big smoking Jay Cutler fan, uh, man, it's going to be a rough uh, afternoon for you. Anyway, Anthony, how would you feel about projecting the 2021 version of Justin Fields to be better than, say, the best version of Mitch Trubisky? Basically, can he overcome what so far no other quarterback has been able to do under Matt Nagy 100 percent. because when Mitchell Trubisky when he was coming out I mean there were some very big red flags with him as a prospect and you know the sample size was a big contributing factor there and I'm not going to say you know I had Patrick Mahomes ahead of Trubisky and I knew he was going to be you know arguably on the path to you know greatness um but you know still you know, he wasn't the perfect prospect. You look at his data, he had around an 86.4 passing grade coming out. You look at Justin Fields, on the other hand, and the guy has just been, he has the production, he has the traits. I mean, he's shown pretty much everything at a high level. And I think a lot of people are just kind of knocking him for those two bad games this past season against Indiana and Northwestern, who have really good defenses. And I do think they kind of showed his flaws just a little bit. Um, you know, he's a guy that holds onto the ball just a little bit too long. You know, blitzes kind of get to him just a tick slow with his processing. But he's going to be able to overcome that. I think he's, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be great right away in year one, but I think he's going to be a possible top 10 quarterback in years to come down the road. And you look at all the quarterbacks that have been in Chicago. I mean, like you said, it's it's Smoke and Jay, Jim McMahon, Eric Kramer, maybe Sid Luckman. Who, who's the best quarterback Chicago's ever had? I think, you know, Justin Fields would come in. And I think relatively after that first year, at some point in that first year, if that were to happen, I think everybody would be in agreement. This, this is probably going to be the best quarterback Chicago's ever seen. Now, I don't think that's going to happen at all whatsoever. There's, I don't think there's a chance in hell that happens. Um, you know, that's something I would do. I, I would be willing to risk it all just because you look at, you know, the situation, the regime's in. I mean, everything's on the line this year. And do I really want Andy Dalton being the guy I'm putting all my chips in, you know, all in there? After seeing what happened, I mean, they had a chance to get Andy Dalton last offseason. 
and they did it. And then I don't know what they saw at them down in Dallas to make them think, oh, this guy might be actually the guys. So I don't think they're going to do it, but I think Justin Fields would turn things around in Chicago. Yeah, and look, for the record, people, please do not twist my words. I think Fields is a million times better prospect than Trubisky. But we got to realize, especially in fantasy land, man, the 2018 version of Trubisky really wasn't that bad. At a minimum, he was kind of giving you like what rookie year Daniel Jones did, like at least some highs to go along with kind of lows you would expect. But in Fields' case, man, he would have Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, you know, second-year Cole Komet. There's at least somebody to throw the ball to. But at the same time, man, it's not like we're watching these Bears games and being just blown away, you know, with the scheme they're putting out there i understand uh you know uh, that they had the pretty drawn up touchdown the saints ended up stealing from them in the playoffs like Nagy's had his moments fair but i mean as bad as i do think trubisky Foles, and these other guys have been it's also not exactly the best situation for a quarterback to thrive well it's interesting too because i remember back in that 2018 season we were i, I know our guys eric eager and george Shahuri, that's when they're starting to unroll some of our top play caller metrics and Matt Nagy was one of the best play callers in the NFL that quickly disappeared in 2019 and 2020. So, you know, I think it kind of goes both ways and Trubisky, he had a lot of help there too. So it's been an interesting situation in Chicago, um, but it looks like they're probably going to be stuck in this rut for quite a while. Yeah. Looking that way. Sorry, Bears fans. We're, uh, you know, we're hoping you guys get Justin Fields. That's a positive, just probably not going to happen. And then yeah, good luck with uh, Andy Dalton, the red rocket there under center. So Anthony, last week I asked Mike, uh, PFF Mike, great guy we all know that he was a fantastic podcast guest but i asked who he would ideally have the packers draft in the first round at wide receiver but come on man they literally have not drafted a skill position player since they in the first round since they drafted aaron Rodgers in 2005 and i actually had some people with the audacity to clap back when i said that on a tweet with oh they drafted jordan love in the first round last year like okay great aaron Rodgers and jordan love that's the extra uh, weapons you want to give them and i get it jordy nelson randall cobb all these other guys that even though they weren't first round picks they were great players that's fine and dandy but when you have aaron freaking Rodgers, you think you could at least go on a limb once in 14 15 drafts and i don't know maybe get a higher end guy in round one so assuming that doesn't happen again anthony what would be your ideal day two strategy to hopefully get Rodgers another weapon yeah, I mean, that's a good question. And I wrote an article about this, too. And I think they need to trade away that guy, Jordan Love, because he was a pretty it was a big reach. I mean, he was one of the most, you know, we, we don't I don't want to be too harsh on the guy, but probably one of the most fraudulent first round quarterbacks that we've seen in quite some time because there was not a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he has the tools. Sure. But he just the, the production was bad. The accuracy was really bad at Utah State. And I know it was a bad situation. Um, but you could still get pretty good value for him. I think you could probably get an early second rounder. Um, but there, the problem is, is what kind of trade market are you going to have for him? You know, and I think, you know, Pittsburgh's probably the team that makes the most sense, but they're not giving away that first round pick. And so you're probably going to have to deal with a, their second round pick and maybe a 2023 third in hopes that they're probably going to be bad next year. And that's a little bit closer. Um, but, you know, regardless, I think you need, they need to put a, you know, Jordan Love in a trade package dedicate that first round pick to a cornerback because you can't trot out Kevin King again, True. because that was, that was pretty bad down the stretch. Um, and so yeah, I think if you do that and somehow land a guy like Rondale Moore, that would be pretty dangerous in this quick passing offense. I mean, that we're talking about a guy that's one of the best after the catch guys, you know, PFF college has ever seen. I and mean, he still holds the record for most single season broken tackles by a power five wide receiver. He did that in his only season healthy as a true freshman. He had like 37. It was absurd. Um, and he would just be a perfect fit for that offense. I think that's the best case scenario for them. Um, but, you know, I, I honestly would not be surprised if they somehow were like, you know what, you know what the difference maker here is? We're going to give him a pass-catching weapon. It's going to be Najee Harris. We're going to have a two-headed 
monster in the backfield with Aaron no. Jones and Najee Harris. I could, I could totally see that happening. God. That would be um, – fantasy Twitter would – I've seen fantasy Twitter upset before. I'm not sure if they Packers drafted Najee Harris, if we would ever see anything like that again. I am happy you said Rondale Moore though. And I've had, uh, you know, and you know, I've had seen other slot types float out there. I don't think MVS is the problem in this offense. I think he's fine with what they ask him to do. I realized he had a few inopportune drops. He had the bad fumble against the Colts in overtime that pretty much lost that game, but truly some big games. And like, when you have someone that, okay, we're not throwing the ball 10 times per game in MVS. We have Devontae Adams, other guys for that job, having a, big body dude with legit four three speed like mbs on the outside you know not exactly the worst case scenario so love the idea of getting a slot in there to help you know pl- replace lazard uh instead of the other way around but man it doesn't seem likely like gun to your head do you think the packers come away with a wide receiver in the top two rounds you know part of me wants to say yes but part of me it's just be like if they do come away with a wide receiver i think it's gonna be that second round pick and at that point it's not gonna be a very good one I mean, this, this is a very good wide receiver class, but I think we're probably going to see a run of about nine. I think there's a pretty clear-cut top nine there and then a the big drop-off. I think they're going to miss out on that drop-off and maybe get someone that's not going to be a difference maker like Rondell Moore because, I mean, you know, this concerns about his route tree he had at Purdue, and but with he's going to run the same stuff in Green Bay because they do not throw at the intermediate level. It's, it's vertical deep where they're throwing underneath, and he can be that underneath weapon with those vertical threats there. But, yeah, I, I think – I probably have to lean no, but I'm really hoping for Aaron Rodgers' sake, man. I, I think they can. Man, when they came out with the Rondale Moore size, and I, I forget what reporter initially said it, where some teams were wondering, hey, maybe is this guy more of a running back than the Darren Sproles type? Like, that really worried me. I'm not worried about his size, but I'm worried about NFL teams looking at his size and looking at him as more of, you know, a gadget than a full-time player. But if you could just slide him into that, you know, prime Randall Cobb role, get him a few snaps in the backfield, but then just let him be a pure uh, wide receiver in the slot. Otherwise, be absolutely fantastic, man. Uh, last note here, everybody. MBS did tweet a video today of him getting better at the offense has shown off some nice uh, route running against, you know, probably some garbage men or something. Who knows who's guarding them out there? But Aaron Rodgers did like the tweet. So I know the Rodgers, Alan Lazard, uh, you know, bromance in the past was the big news. But maybe just maybe everyone, MVS is leaping ahead to the top of Aaron Rodgers' uh, heart. I will say I, I did have the pleasure of meeting MVS when he was uh, during the pre-draft process. And he was one of the nicest guys throughout that whole experience. And I was helping out with his training system. One of the nicest guys that they had there. I will say that. So I, I, I'm hoping for a big year for MBS. This is this podcast just loves MBS, man. I had an article go up today. The five wide receivers that are actually better in best ball drafts and MBS was on there. You know why? Because we love you, MBS. PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. If you ever want to come on, Marquez Valder Scantling, let me know. We're going to take a quick break to pay some bills. Basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs. While some teams are locks to make the playoffs, others are still fighting for their opportunity to chase the trophy this summer. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top sportsbook app is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn one dollar into one hundred dollars in free bets download the top race DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code pff and you sign up to turn one dollar into one hundred dollars in free bets at the basketball team of your choosing just hits a three-pointer sounds like easy money to me ladies and gentlemen that's code pff turn one dollar into one hundred dollars in free bets for a limited time only at DraftKings sportsbook must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Just not me. All right, everyone. So we've gone through a couple, again, articles we've been going over the last few weeks and that stuff. But now we are getting to the draft. We're going to do a round of fact or fiction here with Anthony. We've been having rumors going up and down the draft. And let's just, you know, pretty much fact or fiction, like gun to your head, even if, you know, it's a more 
long response, which we'll get to, and we'll give a chance to explain yourself. Like, let's get down to it. So first off, number three, got to start at the top, fact or fiction. I think the 49ers are truly taking Matt, Mac freaking Jones with the third overall pick. It's funny that that's the next question because I just looked at my phone and I checked over at DraftKings, the new odds for the third overall pick. New new favorite, Justin Fields. He's, minus, he's minus money now. The Bro- pro day. News. The pro day. It, it, that's what did it. The pictures. The pictures sold everybody. I'm mad I did not get to. When I he, made, hop when he made the same exact throw in the second pro day he made in the first pro day, it just made all the, all the difference. It was that. And then you saw the legs, <laughs> the stance and everything. I mean, that's what sold it. I'm kind of mad because I was going to hop over to, I'm in Ohio, of course, the great, great uh, Queen City. I was going to hop over to the state lines in Indiana, make a nice little bet on Justin Fields. Not even plus money anymore. So, I, I mean, I thought it was going to be Justin Fields all along. Um, and, you know, that being said, I, I am a big fan of Mac Jones. I think I'm a, probably the highest of any person on him in, in the company. I, I know Bruce Kratkowski, he likes him a lot too, our uh, quarterback analyst. And I think he is a better prospect than Trey Lance. Um, just because, you know, he has all the stuff you need to be good at the NFL, you know, the intangibles, the accuracy, the processing, the timing, um, he could throw with anticipation. We saw that routinely at Alabama and Trey Lance is just, he's a toolsy guy. He's just got everything, you know, you're building a Sunday and you're just starting to loan on toppings. He has all that stuff. You know, you want some nuts, cherry on top. He has the arm strength, you know, he can do some stuff on the ground, but he's just not that accurate. Like at all whatsoever, you compare him to, you know, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen when they were coming out of college. His accuracy, accuracy numbers are significantly worse than those two. Um, so I'm a big fan of Mac Jones, but I don't think he's going to be that third overall pick. I think Justin Fields is going to be that pick, and he should be that pick. I, I think it would be a big mistake if it wasn't. So I, I think I am with you. I was talking about this with Andrew Erickson on the Wednesday edition of this podcast, and I need to apologize a little bit because I was trying to galaxy brain. Because, again, I haven't understood Mac Jones going third, third this entire process. So I've been trying to galaxy brain why he won't be going third. And one thought I have was looking back at their first draft together, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, like Shanahan pounded on the table for them to get Joe freaking Williams back on their draft board in like the fourth round. And Lynch finally relented and did it. And my thought process was like, well, if it was that hard for Shanahan to get a late round running back, like how do we even know that what he wants matters? Isn't it John Lynch's decision? What I found out, thanks to some of my lovely Twitter followers, is in Kyle Shanahan's newest contract, I believe he does have final say on what the personnel decisions are going to be. So that was their first draft back in 2017. It does seem like this will be Shanahan's call. I'm sure, you know, they're working very closely regardless of who does have the final say, but I hope it's fields, man. But I will say, you know, more like the more smoke there is here, it just doesn't, you know, if it was a situation where they had the number three overall pick to begin with, and they just kind of wanted to make everyone freak out, you know, what are they going to do and stuff like that, that I would maybe understand, but to have all this smoke from something where it's like, you can just pick your man. I, the whole the whole smoke thing hasn't made much sense to me. I guess I will say, and uh, with you and uh, Bruce obviously being with Mac Jones, I think the biggest takeaway is that even if Mac Jones doesn't go to the 49ers at three, the NFL sure as hell likes him a lot more than most of us on Twitter do. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I, I think, you know, you're looking at a 49ers team, like they, these guys have been secretive the whole – I mean, they always have been. Yeah. They're notorious for saying we're not sending someone here to this location to tip off anything. I, I think it was someone leaked that they were interested in Mac Jones just to kind of throw some other teams off, make their jobs more difficult. I don't blame them. I would do the same thing. I'd be petty like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be Justin Fields. And, and I, I do think the NFL is a little bit higher on Mac Jones um, than I, I guess the, the public is. And a lot of people are, um, but you know, I'm, I'm just very interested to see where him and Trey Lance are going to end up just because 
it's looking like Atlanta might stay put at four, and then you have Cincinnati, Miami. I don't think they're budging either. And then you get to Detroit. What are they going to do? Are they intrigued with one of these quarterbacks with Jared Goff on roster? It's, it's going to be a crazy night. I'm ready for it. Uh, one last note here, Anthony. You kind of m- mentioned this in passing, but for those that didn't see the uh, great Twitter investigative work from uh, William McFadden at Will McFadden, basically Justin Fields at his second pro day had his right leg back, but he played with his le- left leg back in college. And apparently Matt Ryan played with his right foot forward until 2015 when Kyle Shanahan arrived in Atlanta. So does you know Kyle Shanahan maybe potentially changing that uh, mean absolutely anything? Who knows? But on April 15th, this is the sort of news that we can all say our teeth into Anthony next question here we had a fun meme about the Bengals drafting either a tackle or a pass catcher at pick number five with the result basically being Joe Burrow getting sacked before he can pass if the latter comes to fruition fact or fiction the Bengals will draft and excuse my pronunciation here Penae Sewell did I get that right yes okay we'll take yes, it oh yeah right. fact or fiction they're taking Penae Sewell at number five overall whose name I for sure knew you know I, I was just I was just asking <laughs> Um, I think it's fiction. I think it's fiction. And this is a very, this is a topic I'm very passionate about. And it's not because I'm a Bengals fan or I live in Cincinnati. It's just because it's, it makes too much sense not to take Jamar Chase. And I think that's where they're leaning just because like Jamar Chase is, you know, they're both kind of generational prospects. Him and Penny Sewell. I mean, Penny Sewell still holds the record for the highest single season uh, PFF grade we've seen from a power five tackle. Uh, It was around 95.8. And keep in mind, he did that starting out the season at 18 years old, turned 19 mid-year. So that's that's pretty damn good. Um, it, but Jamar Chase, he also broke a lot of records in our database, too, with Joe Burrow and that historic connection. That's arguably the best quarterback-wide receiver connection in college football history has ever seen back in 2019. And you look at the positional value and you weigh it. I mean, Chase's ceiling is about two and a half times more valuable than Penny Sewell's. And so with, for that reason, I think you have to take Jamar Chase. And they, if for some reason, Penny Sewell ends up the best tackle in the NFL, Jamar Chase would probably have to be around the 75th percentile among, you know, his counterparts in order to kind of make this an equal value there. And I just can't see that happening. I think Penix Will is probably going to be a top 10, top five guy at least. And I think Jamar Chase is going to be in that same area and he's going to be so, more, so much more valuable. And you look at the Bengals offensive line now, it still needs some work, sure, but they're going to get a first round caliber guy in round two and that it can move inside, whether it's a, you know, a Tevin Jenkins or someone else. And really you don't need a, a all pro all-star type of offensive lineman. You just need five good average guys. And I think they're on the path to getting there. And I think they're starting to recognize that. And I, I think, you know, if it weren't for that LSU connection with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, I think that's what's really selling them there. And I, and I think it would be a good decision. I think they will make that decision. Yeah, like I said, they're on the right path because I understand their offensive line was terrible last year. But as we've seen, you know, a lot of that can come down to scheme, can come down to your quarterback. And while I don't think, you know, and Joe Burrow had a good release time and everything, but, you know, he's still learning the game and just getting into the league. Two of their last three first round picks have been on the offensive line. Like if you have a chance to get Jamar Chase, who is, if he is even, again, like 75% as good as everyone thinks he might be, you're getting a stud receiver to pair in with Higgins and Boyd. And in today's NFL, I mean, you really, Really do want to have three top-notch receivers as much as you can help that being so so basically sounds like man you're gonna we're gonna have a much harder time trying to find someone like uh, that can even be you know 90 percent of jamar chase in the later rounds compared to uh uh, uh penny sewell because we get it the Bengals need both but let's go get chase in round one and then we'll go to the offensive line later yeah 100 and then too like if you look i mean like I, I said earlier this is a great wide receiver class but if you look at their second round pick, who's going to be available at that time? It's a lot of slot guys. They have Tyler Boyd. Yeah. I mean, they need an outside threat opposite T. Higgins, put Tyler Boyd in the slot. 
they, I think you're cooking. I think that offense would be absolutely dangerous here in a few years. There's still some holes everywhere else on the team, but I think that's when you start to get into a good team building process. Otherwise, I think it would be, I don't want to say it's, it would be like the biggest mistake in franchise history, but it would be, it would be a big, big setback because you're not going to get a guy like Jamar Chase in every draft. And look, people, you know, you, all you listeners know I love Auden Tate. So if they don't draft Jamar Chase, I'll be thrilled about my guy Auden getting some real opportunity. With that said, uh, I am going to go out on a limb and say I think Jamar Chase has a higher NFL ceiling than Auden Tate. Anthony, the Broncos have stood right alongside the Panthers as a team with plenty of talent on offense, but we just don't have a proven high-end QB. I was doing an article today of trying to figure out the most unlucky receiver uh, in the NFL last season, and I think it was definitely Jerry Judy uh, based on what was going on with Drew Locke. I've been a Drew Locke apologist because he does make some really good throws from time to time. He was fifth in big time throw rate last year. Okay. Also 35th in turnover worthy play rate. So I understand in today's NFL, you cannot have that, you know, many negative plays, even if you do flash on occasion, but with that in mind, Anthony factor fiction, the Broncos will take a QB on day one or day two of the draft. Ooh, this one's tough. Um, I'm, I'm going to go fact. But I'm very – I'm in between on this one. I, I, I can't get a good read on what they want to do. And it, honestly, if San Francisco were to take Mac Jones, if for some reason all, everything we're hearing now smoke again and they do end up taking Mac Jones, I would be okay with it only if Justin Fields ain't in Denver because that would be an incredibly talented Denver team with that wide receiver. Of course, I mean, that secondary is, I think, arguably the best in the NFL after the additions with Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby keeping Bryce Callahan in there too. It's just a great – Great defense overall. You have one of the best defensive mass, you know, mastermind there. Um, but you, you know, you look at their offense. I think they recognize Drew Locke's probably not the guy, but I wouldn't be surprised if they try to give him one more go at it. Um, but at the same time, you look at some of the quarterbacks on the board. I think Mac Jones would be a good, a good fit for that offense. Um, you know, it, it, we wouldn't see Jerry Judy getting all those uncatchable passes. That's for sure. That are the quarterback's fault. With Trey Lance, that's what scares me, is that I think that you're probably going to get that. I, I you know that I'm pretty bearish on Trey Lance's draft stock, as you, mm -hmm. you guys probably, the listeners know at this point. Um, so I think Mac Jones would be a good option for them. And if I were in their shoes and he was on the board, that's probably the route I would go down. But, you know, I think they'd probably be in the Trey Lance camp if they would take a quarterback. And I'd probably lean 51% that they do. I like it, man. I will say just, again, my inner Drew Locke apologist, just give me a second here. They have great skill position players pretty much everywhere. Just realize, like, last year's version of that really wasn't what we see now. Like, Cortland Sutton played, I think it was 36 snaps. Judy, again, as unlucky as he was, as great as his route running was, he did join Deontay Johnson, DK Metcalf, only receivers with over 10 drops on the year. KJ Hamler was missing some time early on. Noah Fant, man, credit to that dude, complete warrior, because he looked like he was playing on, like, one leg for most of the year and still uh, making some good things happen. And then right when we found out, like, what Albert O even is, he gets hurt for the of the year so big expectations for 2021 if drew lock cannot come through with this skill position crew now i will have some serious apologies to make to all you people anthony the patriots went ahead and kept cam newton around for another year with enough money to seemingly lock down week one starting duties obviously the long-term outlook is still murky though we didn't see them really put any sort of real investment to the quarterback position last year despite having these same needs but factor fiction the patriots don't add a qb before day three of the draft and basically replicate what they did last year um i'm gonna go fiction wait you said they're not gonna add a quarterback right uh they will not add a quarterback before like rounds four or beyond okay fiction because i don't i don't think they're gonna take a quarterback in the first round i don't think they're gonna trade up i can only see them taking a quarterback is if they're picking there at 15 
and one's on the board, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think, you know, I think we're probably going to see a few teams maybe trade up Washington, I think would probably has a better chance of taking a quarterback over New England because I think they're more willing to trade up for someone like Trey Lance, who they've been rumored to be very intrigued with. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, Bill Belichick, he took a swing on Jarrett Stidham, and I think he's probably going to take another swing on a prospect a lot like him, maybe like a Davis Mills on day two. Um, and, you know, the, you look at all these quarterbacks after round one, there's some intriguing ones, right? I mean, Kyle Trask had stupid production this past season. He re really surpassed my expectations. Um, Davis Mills had, had showed the traits on a limited sample, just didn't really play a lot, former five-star recruit. That's pretty much what's riding his draft stock. Kellen Mond, just the experience in a pro-style offense with Jimbo Fisher. And then Jamie Newman, who I think is my favorite quarterback outside of the round one guys, he was just kind of very limited in the offense he was in in Wake Forest 2019. Supposed to go to a pro-style offense with Todd Monken in Georgia, opted out. We didn't really get to see that. But I think, you know, he's probably going to be the last one of those four to be drafted. But I think, you know, there's just so much more unknown with him means there's just so much more upside than some of these other guys that I think we know a little bit more about. Like Kellen Mons out of Texas a and for seemingly you know, like 10 years, I feel like. And Kyle Trask, he just had, I mean, an incredible supporting cast, one of the best offensive systems with Dan Mullen and Brian Johnson leading the way there. Um, and I think they're probably going to take a swing on one of those guys before they take a quarterback and run one. Wow. I might have to start riding your coattails there with Jamie Newman, man. I did not have that name in mind, but you know, you look at Mills and Trask and again, you know, fantasy football podcast here. We're always looking to see which of these, again, we, we need to evaluate how the quarterbacks are in real life, but you can certainly be a bad real life quarterback and then be a great fantasy quarterback. Jalen Hurts is a top 10 draft pick in the fantasy football world right now, whether we'll see how that goes, but you know, to me, Mills and Trask, you know, even if they do keep playing well and step up just kind of their limited mobility and just willingness to take off and run is going to hurt them. And even Mon, man, I understand he ran fast, but solid rush attempts go down just a lack of big time throws. Wasn't really feeling him too much. Jamie Newman though, people we'll see if he can land in the right situation, provide us with that, you know, mid late round quarterback that gives us far more value than we were expecting. So another quarterback needy team, the Washington football team, reportedly has fallen in love with Trey Lance. Hey, to each their own, they're sitting down at number 19, but clearly they need another QB to help with either Fitzpatrick or, God forbid, Taylor Heineke not looking like long-term options. Hey, also have the Eagles sitting at number 12, and, you know, we'll see about Hurts either way, you know, having one set didn't stop them from taking a QB. Uh, so I guess factor fiction, Trey Lance winds up in the NFC East somehow, and if it's a quick fiction, just give me your kind of thoughts on him as a potential 2021 and beyond prospect. Yeah, I think it's fact. And I think it's Washington for sure. I think they're wow, going to try it out. Okay. I thought you were going to say no. Yeah. My bad. Here we go. No, I, I think he's going to, I think Washington's going to trade up for Trey Lance um, somehow, some way. I think they're going to do it. I think Ron Rivera is fed up. And, and I think he's going to, they're going to take him with the assumption to kind of sit him for a year under Fitz Magic and kind of just learn the Fitz Magic ways, hopefully, kind of get some of that, you know, into a system. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't support the idea at all whatsoever. They're just, there's just so many red flags with him as a prospect that I can't do it. Even, you know, we talk about how good he is on the ground. Justin Fields was better on the ground. He's faster. I, I just, it does not make sense to me at all whatsoever. He has the physical tools too. And for anyone to say Trey Lance is a better prospect than Justin Fields, it's, it's, I cannot wrap my head around it. One good thing about Trey Lance is even though he's not as good as a rusher as Justin Fields, I think he's a more willing one. Like the, you know, our uh, PFF draft guy comp is Taysom Hill with actual arm talent. So yeah, he is still raw as all hell. Nobody's doubting that, but 
once he starts people, he's going to be on that QB one borderline just because he's probably going to be taken off and running multiple, uh, you know, like double digit times per game. Uh, quick shout out, everyone. If you are trying to play some best ball and maybe invest in Fitzmagic or Trey Lance, make sure you do it over, over at underdog. They got everything, including season long and playoff best ball. Best ball is a season long game where you draft a team like you normally do, but that's it. There's no in-season roster management. Underdog automatically selects your best performers each week, saving you loads of time. So go to underdog fantasy and deposit $10 using code pr- promo code PFF and get a free PFF edge and subscription. That's promo code PFF draft now at underdog fantasy. Anthony, we got three more quick ones, man. Steelers are sitting at number 24. They need a running back. And if you look back at them historically, they haven't really been afraid uh, to draft one high. Richard Mendenhall went number 23 in 2008. Le'Veon, number 48 in 2013. James Conner, later third round at 105 in 2017. So factor fiction, Steelers have a new RB1 on their roster by the time they're done with their first two picks. Fact, 100%. I think they're doing that without a doubt. I mean, they're just the type of franchise that I think will make it do it. And they know big Ben's limited. And so I think they were, they're going to get a pass catching back that can help them in that area. Um, do I think they should do it? No, not at all whatsoever. <laughs> I'm not touching a running back until day three, maybe a comp pick from round three, but you, I mean, you'd have to really get me, you know, really juiced up to really buy into that just because it's just not a valuable position. You can pick one up off the street, like James Robinson did and have some success with them. Um, but I think they're going to do it. I, I think they will. We were doing some planning for the uh, draft show today. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm just going to be like doing some like 30 second minute long kind of side fantasy stuff, you know, when the situation calls for it. But we were talking about if a running back gets drafted in the end of the first round, how we're going to need to cut away from all of our analysts who are just going to be furious at it. And then go to me because I'll be happy about it in the fantasy world because that's when we can expect this guy to get touches, man. I understand the last two years banged up James Conner, Jalen Samuels, this rotating cast of guys. They, we haven't gotten a consistent back there, but man, oh man, 2014 and 2018, well, there's Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams, James Conner, Jalen Samuels, even Stephen Ridley for a couple of weeks. They were getting fed at least 17 touches per game from that group of players when they were the bell cow. Don't sleep on whether it's Najee, ETN, Williams, whoever the Steelers really want to cement uh, as a number one RB, they're going to be a top 12 borderline guy immediately once that comes to fruition. Anthony, one of my sadder outcomes of free agency was the fact the Ravens only got Sammy Watkins to really help Lamar Jackson in this offense. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Hollywood Brown or Mark Andrews, but come on, man. Only the Lions have fewer $20-$21 devoted to their offense. Like, can we give Lamar more than the bare minimum? That's all I'm asking. Fact or fiction, the Ravens will snag another wide receiver on day one or day two to try to help Lamar. You know, I think it's very dependent on what happens with Orlando Brown and what that trade kind of comes out to because I don't think they'll use that very first their own first round pick on a wide receiver Um, I I think that's probably going to be an offensive lineman maybe an edge rusher Um, but depending on what they get back in return for Orlando Brown and I'm expecting it would probably be a late first or early second you know I don't I don't condone that kind of action um, but I think that's what it's probably going to end up happening and then at that point I think they would probably use it on a wide receiver Um, but for some reason if Orlando Brown doesn't get traded I'm going to say fiction um, because I, you know, I, I still think they'll probably try to beef up the defensive front there with that first round pick and then maybe try to take a, a wide receiver with that second round pick. But again, they're in the, they're in a position there where they're probably not going to get one of the top, you know, guys that are, you know, we say it's a deep class, but there's a, there's a cutoff there. And I think they might be outside that line. 
just wild, man. Number one, number seven ranked scoring offense the last two seasons, and we can't get a consistent fantasy wide receiver out of that group. Hopefully, Lamar just keeps on balling. Had himself one hell of a uh, throw us for making the rounds on Twitter in practice. I mean, I'm sorry it wasn't a pro day situation where there's absolutely nobody uh, rushing him, but Lamar can't throw the ball, people, as much as some trolls on Twitter want to convince you otherwise. Anthony, last question. After Trevor Lawrence and Jaguars have picks 25, 33, 45, 65, and 106, I understand people out there, they love their James Robinson. You know, they love their LaVisca Chanel and DJ Chark, but fact or fiction, Urban Meyer and company add both a wide receiver and running back by the time they make it to the fourth round. Uh, fiction. I think they're going to add one of those. Okay. And I think it's going to be a running back. I don't think they're touching wide receiver. I think they should add a wide receiver. I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't. I mean, they have a good group right now. It, it's a good group, but I think you need to make that a great or an, or an elite group. Um, but, you know, you, you look at the comments they're making, you know, Urban Meyer publicly said, we're going to beep up the defensive line. That's that's how you win games, which it's not. That's not how you win games at all whatsoever. <laughs> but he said, that's how you build a winning team. We're going to beep up the defensive line. Free agency came and went. They didn't do anything. Um, so I think they're probably going to use a few draft picks to really help their defensive front. Um, and I think they're going to try and add a running back, too. I, you know, they've had some comments about that, too. They're still buying into the running game matters type of situation. Um, so I could see them picking up a wide receiver and really attacking that defensive front or, or running back that is. Um, and so I, I can't see them taking a wide receiver with one of those picks and it's going to be disappointing. I'm going to be very sad because out of all of the off seasons so far, I've been most disappointed with Jacksonville. They spent them. They had more money to spend than anybody in free agency and they come away with one of the biggest losers. I mean, they, they, they tagged Cam Robinson who has arguably been one of the, three to five worst left tackles in the NFL over the last few years. It just doesn't really make sense to me. Um, they handed a big contract out to Rayshon Jenkins, and there was other good safeties in the market, which was very suspect, one of our least favorite deals in free agency. Um, and I think they're probably going to, you know, I hope they don't for Trevor Lawrence's sake, but I think they're probably not going to get any, any more wide receiver help like they should. Yeah, I feel like the Texans, you know, just consistent signing these like one-year deals, with like veterans that just – they signed like 12 of them. All the shit going on with the Texans kind of distracted from the Jaguars, to your point, not really having the best free agency hall. I mean, they got Marvin Jones, but man, I'm ready to be out on Marvin Jones. I think he's played the best years of his career. He's 31 years old now. He was okay last year, but you know, certainly doesn't kind of resemble that same just contested catch juggernaut that we were seeing a couple years ago. Maybe he's got another year or so in him, but just realize people, these aren't really the type of situations and wide receivers that we should be looking to actively bet on. So, hey, great news for uh, Charles and Chenault, not so much for James Robinson. I've been trying, you know, I'm low on the guy this year, man. He's a lower RB2 for me, even though he was one of the better guys in fantasy last year. But that was because his workload, man, it was like Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook have more touches than James Robinson before he got hurt. That was it. So with Carlos Hyde there, he's probably not going to be a factor, but I don't know. We've seen weird things in college coaches going to the NFL and finding their old lusts and giving them the ball. Giovanni Bernard was someone that they were reportedly in the market for, at least trying to look for some pass down help at a minimum, Anthony, this looks like a backfield. That's going to be a multi two, three back committee. And that's just not great for James Robinson. Well, I 100% agree. And I do want to say something about the Texans. You brought this up and it reminded me what they did was smart because this is a tanking team. They're Fair. purposely losing. And I think they're in a good position to get Spencer Rattler for next season, the Oklahoma quarterback, who a year from now we're going to be talking a lot about. I'm okay. just saying now he's going to be the number one overall pick. And hey, fantasy guys, he's going to be the real deal. He's going to be a very good NFL quarterback. I just, I had to get a year. I'm already looking forward to, <laughs> after all this quarterback talk, I'm already looking forward to 2022 and what we got cooking there. 
we, for so long, we had to take like every move the Texans made as like Bill O'Brien, like actually, you know, kind of just trying to win right now. So I guess now that they're maybe doing something smart for the long term, it's just, you know, it took me a second to uh, really uh, wrap my mind around that. So great stuff, Anthony. That's going to do it, man. Appreciate uh, you coming on again. Let the people know uh, what you got, you know, on the dock at PFF.com. Yeah, I'm currently working on our college football preview magazine, which will be dropping in July. It's going to be a monster, over a thousand pages. Uh, but before then, we're going to be hitting the draft hard. So be sure to check that out over at pff.com. And thank you for having me, man. Go MVS. We're, That's we're right. For that breakout year. <laughs> the MVS pff fantasy football podcast yes make sure you check out the pff draft show on pff.com kicking off at 7 p.m on thursday night april 29th we'll also be there friday rounds two to three uh at 6 p.m saturday rounds four through seven starting at 11 a.m and of course a sunday draft recap at noon so again people were covering every round with live reaction and analysis from chris collinsworth pff's team of draft analysts and guest appearances from much more at pff.com and make sure you check out our 2021 nfl draft guide beforehand to be all caught up he's anthony i'm and this has been the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. And until next time, take care, everybody. Peace.